Greetings and salutations, fair listeners. Thanks so much for listening to Mike's Always Right. I'm your host, Mike Iman. Why do I always do this to myself? I try to do way too many things all at once. Um, as both of you may know, yeah, I know who you are. I was going to try my hand at writing and producing a radio drama for episode two of Mike's Always Right. Uh, I'm going to explain why that was a bad idea and why I'm glad I tried anyway. But first, I want to tell you why I've gone radio silent on social media for the past week or so. As many of you may know, I quit my job as a newspaper reporter about six months ago, and since then, I've been living off my savings while I work on various writing projects and hoping to try to make a little money from my efforts. As of this recording, I have self-published three books that are available for purchase on Amazon in Kindle and paperback formats. Those books currently generate five to ten bucks a month. Yeah, um, it's, it's, it's more than most human beings make in book royalties, uh, but it's not paying the bills. And uh, I, I'm definitely not swimming around in gold like Scrooge McDuck. Anyway, back in July, I started selling vintage toys on eBay to earn some extra cash it's, it's taken some time to figure out how eBay works and how to handle pricing and shipping and all that kind of stuff. Uh, I've been making a couple hundred bucks a month doing that. More recently, I've started doing some retail arbitrage, going to major retailers, buying clearance items and collectibles to resell at a profit. Uh, I've had some small success doing that. I, I say small success because the items I've managed to flip only bring about five or six dollars, maybe fifteen to twenty on a, on a few of them. But you know, I'm not making a whole lot of money on them. Earlier this month, my girlfriend Alexis was short on cash and asked me to sell some stuff on eBay for her. That was the first time I'd ever tried to sell things that were like priced to sell. After fees and shipping, I managed to make about 100 bucks in two days, so not bad. And it really got me thinking about the benefits of a quick sale over holding out for a few extra bucks. I, I did some quick math and, and realized I could actually make more money by selling more items at competitive prices instead of trying to get top dollar for every little thing. Um, if I'm currently selling about 20 items a month uh, with an average profit of about $10, I could make $1,000 a month if I just list enough stuff so that I can sell 100 items a month. Whoa, a lot of numbers. Uh, why am I telling you all this? If you're a writer or any kind of artist, I definitely recommend learning how to sell stuff on eBay. People who want to write for a living all say the same thing, which is, I don't care about business. I just want to focus on writing. Writing is what I love. This is the same attitude I had a few months ago. That's why I've done so poorly. That's why I was 30 years old and stuck in a job that paid $15 an hour. If you don't know something about sales and marketing, you get to spend your whole life working for the people who do understand or think they do. That's just reality. So many writers believe that the only way that they're ever going to sell their books is if they query a major publisher and get lucky. That's not how the world works anymore. That's like staking your retirement on winning the lottery. There are literally thousands of self-published authors on Amazon right now. People you've never even heard of. I, people I've never heard of who are making a living from their books. Unfortunately, I can't say I'm one of them yet. <clears throat> but my point is, if you're a self-published author, you are by default a business person. For me, 
I'm like a one-man band. I write my books. I design the cover art. I design the page layout for print and, and format the Kindle version. Some of those skills are even starting to pay off. This week, I, I've been doing some freelance work designing the interior of a book for someone with a pretty sizable fan base and social media following. Uh, I'm not going to say who it is um, because I, I don't know if I should really be talking about this before I get paid for the work. Uh, but I did manage to crank out a formatted manuscript for, for this client um, for the first half of the book in about six hours. So that's a pretty quick turnaround. And if you know anything about formatting a book, you know that the hard part is setting all your styles and, you know, getting all the, you know, selecting fonts and spacing, all that stuff. Um, once you've got all that, it's just plug and play, really. Uh, I, I still haven't received the remaining chapters for that book, uh, which is the only reason the project isn't quite finished. But uh, I and I expect that I'll, that I'll, I'll, I'll uh, finish that up in the next few days here. Um, but anyway... Quitting my job forced me to do things I never would have considered before. I, I never would have learned how to sell on eBay. I never would have known you can actually make money flipping clearance items for major retailers. I never would have learned how to format and design books, a skill that apparently uh, may uh, prove more valuable than my actual writing, at least in the short term. But when I was working a regular day job, I knew people could make money doing other things, but I didn't know, I, I could never figure out how to do it myself. I was always too tired or discouraged to really try anything. Necessity really is the mother of invention, at least in my opinion. My, uh, but by giving myself no choice but to find other ways to make money, I've had to push myself now through those mental barriers, and there's there's no finer motivation than watching your bank balance go down every single month. So this brings me to my radio drama debacle. I announced last week on uh, on Instagram and Facebook and probably Twitter. I don't really use Twitter that much, but I, I probably said something on Twitter. Anyway... Um, I, I announced that I was going to write and produce a radio drama for my podcast. And I wrote a script within a few days. I recorded most of the parts in an afternoon. Then I got to the editing, and at that point, it was, it was obvious that the finished product was going to take way more time than I wanted to commit. Uh, my time would be better spent listing stuff on eBay, working on freelance projects, or getting back to work on my novella, which is half finished and has just been sitting there for the last week or week and a half. It, I really, <laughs> I really need to get back to that. Um, any of those themes, any of those things, though, seemed like they were better use of my time than trying to make a radio drama. And part of the reason I wanted to do the radio drama was that uh, I've, I've been thinking a lot about how much I love 1950s sci-fi and that whole aesthetic. Uh, I recently bought a copy of the October 1953 issue of Galaxy Science Fiction Magazine. Uh, I can't describe how amazing it feels to hold one of those uh, in my hands. It, that, that particular issue uh, features the first of three installments of Isaac Asimov's classic novel, The Caves of Steel, which is one of my favorites. The cover art is beautiful. The pages are formatted with a gorgeous two-column layout. And there's a bunch of other stories in there that I'm pretty sure were never published anywhere else, which is just really cool to have that. 
And while I was marveling at this vintage sci-fi magazine, I, I started telling my, my girlfriend uh, about this old-time radio show called X-1. Now, if you're not familiar with the show, it was a weekly half-hour science fiction uh, radio drama that aired between uh, like April 1955 until early 1958. So, you know, ran for a few years. And uh, X-1 featured original stories and dozens of adaptations of stories by famous authors like Isaac Asimov, Ray Bradbury, Philip K. Dick, Robert Heinlein, a bunch of others. Uh, the show is obviously very dated, but it still has a certain charm to it. And I, I started going back and listening to some of those old shows, and I thought, hey, why don't I do that? It was a fun project to try. I'm, I'm sorry I can't share it with you. It will probably never be heard by anyone. But uh, I think the important lesson here is to always consider whether a project is worth the time commitment before you start. And certainly before you announce the whole thing on social media that you're going to do it. And then, you know, not following through and feeling like a huge idiot afterwards. Uh, so this podcast is a great example of this concept. Um, I've, I've been really bad in the past about being consistent with blogging or using social media, posting videos, etc., etc. The podcast takes about as much time as writing a few blog posts. The, the main difference is that when I'm done writing my script, I have to read it into a microphone and post it on iTunes. Otherwise, it's very similar to blogging, at least in my, uh, in my opinion and my workflow. Uh, I, I really enjoy writing for audio more than I enjoy writing for a blog. I don't, I don't know why. Uh, I mean, I don't really read very many blogs. It's just a kind of a kind of stupid to expect anyone to read mine if I'm not going to read theirs kind of thing. Uh, a podcast to me is great because it combines a lot of things that I'm good at, things that I enjoy, and kind of puts them all into one nice package. Uh, I think it's dumb to create content for a bunch of platforms where you, you don't stand a chance of being noticed, and just because somebody said you've got to be active on such and such platform, you're going out of your way to make sure you're active on that platform. I, anyway. So this brings us to the end of episode two of Mike's Always Right. And until next time, thanks for listening. Remember to hit the subscribe button and leave a review in iTunes. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Mike Iman. I just set up a blog on Tumblr at www.mikeiman.com. That's all for right now. And remember, Mike's Always Right. Right.